Hello, hello. You are listening to Why the World Needs You podcast, hosted by me, Benjamin Fritz. This podcast has been created to empower you to become the person you've always wanted to be. The journey is difficult and the challenges are many, but the rewards of being true to yourself are immeasurable. The objective of this show is to give you a safe, supportive space to learn, gain inspiration, and witness the true power and freedom that comes with becoming the person that you are meant to be. Why the World Needs You is a community of purpose-driven individuals who are passionate, gifted, and have a zest for life. They deeply desire to share their unique voice and gifts in order to make the world a better place for themselves and future generations. They are pulled to a different way of living and a higher purpose, while remaining grounded in their desire to engage and contribute in practical ways. My goal is for you to walk away from each episode with confidence and conviction, sharing your authentic self with the world, as well as a deepening understanding of your potential to impact the world in a way that makes sense to you. I'm honored to have this privilege. Thank you for allowing me to be a part of your day and your journey. Hello, hello. Welcome to the Why the World Needs You podcast. I'm your host, Benjamin Fritz, and today I've got on Neil. Neil, I just realized in this moment that I don't know how to say your last name, so I'll let you say (laughs) that to me in a second. Um, Neil is somebody I met in this past year, and our paths have crossed in a very meaningful way, and he's very quickly become a really good friend of mine. And Neil is a life coach. He helps people find their purpose. And even more so than that, he is a healer. I've had the pleasure of working with Neil myself. And uh, man, I got to tell you, it was, I had some results that I did not expect going in. So Neil is just an all around awesome guy. We connected immediately. And as soon as I started this podcast, I knew that I had to have him on. So Neil, welcome. Thank you, brother. Love being here. Love being able to share with your tribe and your community. And let's give some love, man. Thank you. Awesome, brother. So how do you say your last name? Just to get that out of the way first. (laughs) (laughs) Really freaking difficultly. That's how. (laughs) Um, Yeah. You know, my, my, my IG handle is just like the first four letters because it's so difficult and long. (laughs) But it's 12 letters. It's Disamonthon. Disamonthon. Okay. Short, Dissy. Old football nickname was Dizzy because of it. Uh, okay. So, yeah, Dissamonton. It's actually not as bad. If you actually break it down, it's fairly phonetic. It's just a blurb in your face of 12 letters when you look at it and it freaks people out. Dissamonton? Dissamonton. Here we go. All right. All right. We're getting it. Dizzy. I like that, though. That's kind of fun. <laughs> <laughs> it's easier. Yeah, there was a part, point when I wanted to be a doctor, and uh, this was back in the high school days. And everyone would just start calling me like Dr. Dizzy. I'm like, that's a bad, like no, no patient wants to have a doctor named Dr. Dizzy. It's like that. Don't, don't do that. (laughs) Vertigo specialist. (laughs) Yeah, seriously. (laughs) Uh, Well, anyways, thanks for coming on, man. I'm, I'm really excited to talk. You have such an interesting story Uh, for everybody out there listening. Neil is a, um, ex Buddhist monk. He is a trained therapist, now coach. How, I mean, Neil, these are things that like most people, this is like enough for one lifetime. So go ahead, start off, just kind of start high level here. What'd your journey look like? And we'll kind of dive into whatever comes up. Yeah, man. You know, 
what I can say, it's honestly, it's just been unfolding in my life path. Like that's why I'm here. That's what I'm meant to do. I'm here to help people. I'm help to, here to help heal people. I'm here to help people really just step into their truth and get past all their bullshit. That's what I've learned to do my whole life. And that's been honestly like from the womb. You know, I tell this as a joke for people or back in the days when I was interviewing for jobs, it was like, I, from the moment I was born, was taught by my dear mother to always check my thoughts and to always understand everyone else. And when I like always like pointing out everything I would say or be thinking quote unquote wrong, um, that comes like I was born in a Buddhist family and that's where it all comes from. So like I grew up hanging around monks. I grew up hanging in Buddhist temples. I grew up honestly like kicking it with monks more than I was hanging out with my own friends. Um, (laughs) (laughs) it's funny actually it's what i wrote my personal statement about when i was trying to get into college yeah man it's just part of who i am and it's all unfolded step by step by step so the whole monk thing i mean it sounds really cool but when i break it down it's what i say it's a cultural piece i'm thai we are all buddhist and in what we do as part of the culture is at a point when you're growing up you ordain as a monk for xyz amount of time and then usually you'll do it again as an adult i never did it as a kid and after i graduated high school i decided to go on a nice little trip to thailand and we did it super legit me and my best friend who's like six foot four white dude who stuck out like a sore thumb joined me <laughs> and we spent about half a month um, ordained as a monk in temple And it's more so just like a rite of passage, man. I made this joke to someone the other day. I was like, it's the equivalent of a bar mitzvah for me, except instead of getting a bunch of really cool stuff, you give up all your really cool stuff. It's a totally different life lesson. Yeah, totally totally the opposite. (laughs) Yeah, man, completely the opposite. (laughs) But it's cool. I mean, I think it's something that a lot of people would really benefit from. It it really, you know, as much as I grew up in that religion, that philosophy, and that kind of just whole thought process it was a transformative experience and that was the start of it all I knew you know my my goal I knew I wanted to save lives and originally I was like okay cool I want to be a doctor mm-hmm. drank way too much party way too much in college that didn't work out and became a psych major I was like oh I was seriously sitting there getting a massage working on like a neck issue and back issue and I was like oh I'm supposed to be a therapist. That makes sense. It just flooded in and hit me Mm, and um, mm -hmm. changed everything around and went into psych, eventually went into grad school, became a, got a master's in social work and was trained to become a clinical therapist. Like mental health was my thing. That was my specialty. And eventually realized I wanted to do more than that. And Took myself into administration, started working. I don't know if you know this, Ben, but started, I took myself into a second master's program looking in public health because I wanted to eventually be able to run a hospital and run some big healthcare medical systems and just Mm -hmm. help as many people as I could. Ultimately, at the same time, was working in addiction and corporate uh, behavioral healthcare and my life flipped upside down and I realized how messed up our healthcare system was and how I just didn't want to be a part of it. Eventually life opened up and left my job and stepped into my path as a healer and into coaching. And it it all just built one after another. Super cool, man. I've got so many, you know, so many things that come, come to mind. Um, Let's do it. (laughs) Yeah. So I think my, 
my initial question is, so you said you've always known that you've wanted to be a healer, or help people in some way. I love that. And I can relate to that somewhat. I think for me, it's gone in and out. Mm-hmm. I think I, I covered that up. I, I think I, like I, I knew that early on that that was something I was good at and cared right. about. But through going through high school and then definitely in college, just as I kept putting more academia on top of that (laughs) and thinking, you know, focusing on things like money and making a living, I lost touch with that. But for you, I'm curious, (laughs) how much of that do you think is just personal like, you know, that's just part of who you are and how much do you, can, can you attribute to growing up in a different culture, uh, with the religion, with your parents, like how much nature versus nurture type of thing, how much, like, what do you, what's your thoughts there? It's definitely a mix of both. When I've thought about this exact situation, I was like, oh yeah, it's because I was brought up in this environment because my mom taught me all this and like conditioned me for all this. But I had this idea hit me a few months ago and I talked to a few people about it and I realized this is true. A question that I had asked myself and started asking other people was like, what did you want to be when you grew up? Like when you were a kid in kindergarten and they said, what do you want to be when you were, when you grow up? I was reminded of my answer by just an old neighbor who was looking through an old yearbook. And this was back in kindergarten. My answer was, I want to be Buzz Lightyear. And I <laughs> freaking loved Buzz. But awesome. the thing is like, yeah, he was cool. Like he was a guy that everyone looked up to and blah, 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 blah. But like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, the, the true values of that is I believed in justice. I believed in what was right and what was true. And I believed in helping others and everything else is like, yeah, just a nice little perk. Like, cool. Be the guy like, cool, whatever. But that was my truth of it. And when I look at it like that, it's all, it, it was me, you know, I, what kindergarten is probably what five years old six years old yeah something like that you i wasn't conditioned yet right, right. Those conversations yeah. those yep. ideas really yeah, had you're pure in your head i was pure yeah so actually i'm really curious what did you want to be when you were a kid so it's funny i actually i just <laughs> talked to jesse about this the other day i wanted to be a football player yeah <laughs> and, I, and i was dead set on it like I was just so I was I mean I was good. I'm not somebody that likes to brag, but like in hindsight I can always like humble brag on myself. <laughs> but football, yeah. like I was I was good, man. I went to a you play a, like Pop Warner growing up and everything. I played one year. I played a bunch of like backyard football. Yeah. Um, uh, which was just like for me, man, it's like looking back at it, like that's when I was in flow. Mm-hmm. In those moments the world time stopped. Everything stopped. I was playing football and nothing, nothing else mattered. Like it was, you know, we talk about being in the moment and mindfulness Mm -hmm. and all these things, reflecting back on something like that. Literally nothing else mattered when I was playing football. And it's so, I get chills just like thinking about it because I can, I can go back into that feeling. Actually, like my, I feel the chills through my body as you said that. Dude, it's like, so I think growing up then and kind of like losing football and things like that, it was hard to find that flow state again. But anyways, that that's a rabbit hole. But to to finish off what you were saying or what you had asked about, I had told Jesse about this the other day because I was so set on being a football player and everybody doubted me. 
because I'm a five nine white guy. So I knew it. And, but at that point I was like, I'm going to prove everybody wrong. I had a dream the other night about playing football at the end of the dream. I'm, I'm getting like really intimate with you guys, by the way. So I hope this is cool. At the end of the dream, I like missed this, this interception. It was like right in my hands, just like fell through my hands. And I read a headline of a news news reporter and was like, that was by far the worst play, the biggest missed moment I've seen in my entire mm-hmm. life. And I woke up and I was like, holy shit. I, I literally, I, this was three, four days ago. I woke up, I opened my eyes and I was like, holy shit, dude. I feel like this has a lot to do with my confidence and imposter syndrome that I've had over the years of I didn't become that football player. I didn't do that thing that I I knew that I quote unquote knew that I could do and was going to prove everybody wrong that I was going to make it and then I didn't do it. Now is the missed opportunity. Now is the missed opportunity. So right. so yeah, so not to take away too much from your story, but since you asked about mm-hmm. it, it was just so funny because I literally had this dream the other night. It was like a really big moment where in my adult life, as I've tried to overcome, you know, like I'm a confident guy, but there's been certain things that have really caused me to struggle or or self-sabotage and things like that. And I think that is actually at the root of it. So that was like a really eye-opening dream for me to have. And I was just like, holy shit. So. Dude, you see, it's so funny though, because I look at that and I was like, yeah, it's not a missed opportunity. You made the play. They didn't get the catch. Right? Mm-hmm. You made the play and you made the stop. Like, yeah, you didn't get the turnover, that big, big, big breakthrough, but you still made your mark. Mm-hmm. You know, that's fourth down or whatever. Mm-hmm. You get the ball back. Yeah. You, know, you can do whatever the hell you want. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm curious though. Like, I actually, I'm like, I know it's not my story, but looking at it from your perspective as a little kid who says, I want to be a football player. What are the characteristics of a football player that made you want to do it? Like, yeah, like, of course there's the fame, right? There's the stardom or whatever. Um, And I heard you hint into a little bit of just the flow where everything stops down. It feels good. But what are the values in that for you that made you like, okay, I'm going to be a football player. Yeah, cool. It's interesting because I have thought about this a little bit and partially I thought about it because you had posted about it a while back. (laughs) And and so I'd done a little bit of reflection on it and truly, I really, without any further reflection at this time, like I don't think I tied too many values to it. I think it really was, that's what felt like being alive to me. Yeah. In that moment when I was, on the field, I had the ball in my hands. Like I said, I was alive. So that's the hidden value in it. That yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's that is totally it. It was like I was like, that's what makes I've never felt more alive than that. Whether that's right, wrong, weird, like whatever, that's what I knew. So that's what I was going on was I want to do something that makes me feel alive, which very much does flow into the rest of my story. And of course, you know, I wouldn't be doing this podcast here today if I, if I, you know, wasn't focusing on things that made me feel alive. So. Right. And that's the human connection. It's feeling alive. It's being in flow. Things slow down. We just get to talk and have fun and you feel alive. Right. And I'm making all honesty. 
if you think about the stuff that makes you feel alive, it's human connection. That's the way we're programmed. Yep. We're programmed as tribe. We're programmed to connect with other people and enjoy mm-hmm. and experience. Yeah. And I think I, you're right too. Like in those moments, it was very much those people that I played backyard football with, you know, we had a group in our, um, like from our neighborhood school mm-hmm. that would play all the time. And, you know, you get people come in and come out, but we had like a core group. I could see one of those people today and I would have a deeper connection with them than I did with a lot of my high school friends. Yeah. Because of exactly what you're saying It's just, there's just connection. It, you know, there's just something about it and that's, it is, it's truly it. So I, I appreciate you bringing that up. It's, so yep. true, man. So true. Uh, back to you here. I mean, awesome, awesome segue. <laughs> I love it. It's something totally stupid, but I was just thinking about childhood connection. And um, in fifth grade, this was about the time when Jack Aspers came out and we were young, dumb, and impressionable. Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. And this is not the greatest name in hindsight. Me and this group of friends, they started this little thing called Suicidal Sammy. And it was not suicidal, but it was just the best word that we could fit to it at that point. Yeah. There's, you know, elementary school bleachers, like they maybe go like four or five levels up. So it's like three, four feet tall, maybe five feet tall. And, um, so stupid during lunch, we would hop up to the top and then do jumps off of him. And we would do like, <laughs> oh, belly flop, oh, cannonball, or whatever, and jump off of him in this oh, plant geez. grass. And like we were kids, so we were invincible. Right, but yep. Yeah, that was just like, you know, I can always take myself back to that moment and connect with those guys over that anytime and just laugh my face off. Yeah. But it did make me feel alive. <laughs> oh, I'm that. sure. You're, you're <laughs> definitely alive in those moments. <laughs> yeah, well, and it's interesting too, like even just talking back through this and you talking back through that, it's immediately you can pull up visuals, emotions, sensations, yeah. and it just goes to show that those are the things that your body stores because it's, it's what it puts value on and that's meaningful. Dude, that's a total, like actually whole shift in realization in my head right now. I actually had not, put too much thought into that before connected to that. And I was like, Oh, talking about values. Like that's one of the things where I'm not showing up as much as I know I need to be. And it's that thrill of like something new of something. This isn't the right word for it, but like life threatening, but something exciting. Yeah. Kind of risky on the edge. Risky. Yeah. On the edge. And that's part of what lights me up. And now it's probably in all reality, part of why I love high impact sports. I love football. I love MMA. I love totally. being, put myself out there against another person and just put myself to the grind. But like, that is definitely something I'm going to be adding back into my life. So thank you. You <laughs> totally are very welcome. Until I love right, it. Just as now. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Those takeaways. Okay. So you grow up. Yeah. You're so where, where exactly did you live by the way? Born in San Francisco and raised just across the bay, across the Golden Gate Bridge in Marin County, the home of the okay. hippie, the home of the Grateful Dead, the home of the spiritual. So kind of really is a good place for me. It, it really shows my story of just growing up here. It's, yeah, it it's really is home of the hippie and that's kind of me at heart. I love it. Um, before we go down that path, I want to focus on the 
the, uh, the doctor thing for a second. Oh yeah. And healthcare stuff. This I think is a route that many people would be able to relate to. And that's why I want to talk about it here because I think when growing up and you're like, I want to help people. That's just kind of the thing that everybody gravitates towards. Right. Because yeah, that's what that's, they know. This is the conditioning answer. Yeah, exactly. So. Like that's what they know. That's the obvious answer. There is no, or I don't feel that there's much exploration around how you want to pe- help people, what your skill sets are and how that matches up with being a doctor or being in that field specifically. Cause there's, as both you and I know, there's a shit ton of ways to help people. <laughs> and, and so going into it being like, Oh, I want to help people. I should be a doctor is in hindsight. And, and this is not to, uh, you know, say anything bad about any of you that have gone down this path yourselves, but in hindsight, it's obnoxious. Like that's so ridiculous mm-hmm. to think that it's just so narrow minded in terms of we aren't looking at the truly infinite number of other options there are. Why don't you walk us through how that kind of happened for you, how you got into the field and then your, your disenchantment with it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, it all started off with this. Like I knew I wanted to save a life. That is my life goal. That is a life purpose. I want to save lives. And at that point, like in all honesty, like you don't know how you can do that. Like, you know what society's taught you. You know, I knew what my parents taught me growing up in an Asian home, first generation immigrants, like they want me in a professional state in a professional career they want me in a place that's low risk high reward that's prestigious that they can also you know be proud of i never said that but i know (laughs) so it was this it was the conditioned answer man like it's it's the one thing you know since you're a little kid that oh doctors are awesome people love doctors they save lives they help people yeah i didn't know i was getting into like oh yeah if i do that it's like 10 million more years of school. Oh yeah. I'll see people for five minutes at a time and be triple booked and put people through the most miserable time of their life. And all I can do is just give them a pill. Like, man, no, (laughs) I knew I can get some good cash. I can be stable. I can make my family proud and I can save lives. Cool. That's my path. I'm going to do it. And it wasn't it. (laughs) In all honesty, that wasn't it. But it's all I knew at that point. So that's uh-huh. what I went into uh-huh. and I just took pride in. And that's who, that's, you know, I was my identity at that point. Like I was the smart kid. I was a kid that was going to go to med school. I was a kid that's going to, you know, do all this stuff. And I got to college and I had fun and I had too much fun. And the part that killed me was like, I was used to not having to try and doing really well. I got to college and with that same level of effort, I did really bad. And I just honestly, I didn't have the skills or habits or commitment or discipline to be able to do well as a pre-med. So at that point, I was just like, you know what? Like after struggling for a few years, like, you know, I told you I had that aha moment that came at the most random time when I was just like getting some work done on my body. And I realized like I've been born and bred to help people in a different way. I've been born and bred. I know people emotionally. I know people in their brains. I know people in the way they think, the way they see the world. And I'm always the one that people go to when they're trying to figure stuff out. It's like, why am I not a psych major? Why am I not a therapist? 
cool. I'm going to do that. And, you know, long story short, when I got to grad school, I was good at it. I loved it. I was great at it. Like, yeah, I was a natural. I was helping people. People told me that I was like the best therapist they ever had. But I came into this too, a little confidence. Like, yeah, I'm good at separating. I'm not, I'm good at like not holding people's sadness and their depression, but like it was depressed crying person bipolar person depressed crying person depressed depressed crying person all day long mm, and at the mm-hmm. end of the day i was like man i was wrong this takes a toll on you it's a mm. lot at the same time i'm like i have a good brain i can do a lot i know my skills i know i'm a natural leader i know i can think systems i can think business i can do more than just work with the person in front of me and so ultimately I decided to take myself more into like administration and management. After grad school, I took myself and searching for a job, ended up working at a rehab and it was pseudo sales. In all honesty, my job was to fill beds in the rehab as negative as that sounds. It was to make sure people who are in crisis, make sure that they were fit and appropriate to us and that also they wanted to come here. And here's the trick, the crazy thing about rehab. Like the moment your name's out there and you want to go somewhere, 10 other rehabs already know, especially if you're working with someone who like refers you, it all of a sudden it's a fight and everyone wants this person and everyone's offering like, I'll give you, you can come here for free because I'm just going to try to get your insurance money. So you can come oh. here. You don't have to pay anything. You can come here. And then on top of it, I was working with insurance companies trying to get them to cover treatment, which was a whole nother fight in itself. And so freaking stressful and it killed me i remember like being up in the middle of the night just thinking about how am i going to argue for this person how am i going to get this person to be able to stay walking my dog in the morning being able and at like 4 30 in the morning 5 in the morning just thinking about like how am i going to get this case to work how can i make sure this person gets the care they need when insurance is trying to cut them down and um you know i was just carrying all this stress and eventually somehow i got a promotion (laughs) <laughs> and they made me director <laughs> at one of our sister facilities, even though I was dying on the inside and they needed help fast. So, you know, I know I needed a break. I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll take like a week off and then I'll start. And I was just thrown into the fire, man. I felt like a wolf trying to survive in this place. And I was just not ready for it. So everything looked great on the outside, but I was dying on the inside in these like three hour commutes. And it was on top of all the stress and like all this stuff, it just blew up. And ultimately, you know, life opened up a way and I had a way out and I took it and it wasn't the work. I was committed to actually being there for a few more years because that's what I agreed to. But, you know, life opened up a way for me to get out and it was valid and I was going to change my life and move just because some other stuff going on that time. And I left. And it was just listening to myself, listening to my needs. And also like I had a valid excuse where I could kind of dip out and never look back. And the moment I did that, everything started opening up. Things started opening into my life and these opportunities, these these different opportunities to learn these new things, to learn energy work, to learn to become a healer, to start to get into coaching a little bit, just kept showing up. And I kept saying yes and yes and yes. And everything worked out as it was supposed to. And here I am from misery into like the best time of my life. It's crazy to hear you talk through it and it just seems very fluid, but I can 
you know, I can feel the the stress and just kind of that heaviness of it as you're speaking. I'm curious for somebody on the outside who could relate to that and whether their, you know, their career or job or situation could be totally different. But as you're going through that in hindsight, how are you able to follow the path out of there? Like it sounds relatively straightforward and easy. Was it that way? Or how did you deal with that? It was just because of the situation I was in and the stuff that was happening in my life. My partner at the time was just going through some really intense health issues and really intense life circumstance. And we had always been long distance. We're just like, okay, there's no other time. Like we need to move for your sake, for your health. And luckily I get to move for mine too. On top of it all, it was a nice little perk and it was a perfect way out. It was an excuse for me to be able to leave despite like that was what we needed to do for her best interest interest and for mine. It worked out for both of us. And the other piece too was like, this was my spiritual opening when things were starting to break open for me spiritually. It was, that was, that was part of the sign. That was part of the message. Started to have these dreams of certain situations happening and they did. I started to have like just all these, I can't remember half of it, but all these crazy little spiritual like synchronicities and like messages and things coming forward. And I started to just realize like, oh, like I'm, started listening to podcasts about spirituality and psychics. I was like, oh, this is me. Like, I'm this thing. It's like, I'm intuitive. What does this mean? I'm just, and I started sucking up information and all the stuff was pointing. was like, this happens when you're about to break into yourself, into your truth, into your path, and things are about to shift and break open. And I listened to it and I kept just digging in whatever came across. I listened to it and opened up to it and it just kept growing and growing and growing. And I'd also like decided like, you know what, I'm going to talk to a psychic, see what happens. And just a couple times and the same messages from different people. And they're just like, this is it. Like, listen, listen to yourself, listen to the messages, listen to all this stuff happening because it's not just stuff happening. There's a reason. This is, there's a reason all these things are happening for you the way they are. I listened and it was easy in all honesty. I love that you finished with I listened because to me hearing you talk about that that was the sense that I got was I could tell that you were open during that time I think for a lot of people they get stuck in their circumstances because they have a very hard time seeing anything but the immediate shit they're in and that makes sense right we're human we're trying to survive we're trying to support our families, make enough money to live, do the things we thought we were supposed to do back to that identity piece. So would you say that it sounds like it was for you, but do you think for, for most people, do you think that being open is kind of the, the key step or is there more to that? Yeah, I think so. And right. We all have different situations where someone really can't make that big leap in the way that I did. Like I left not having a job lined up. We were going to move somewhere together just to get her out. And I was going to pick up whatever job I could in the interim until something else opened. Like I was fine. I used to work at my parents' restaurant as a cook. I was fine picking up a line, line cook job, right? I was fine having to wait tables or whatever it is in the interim until things were good. So I was blessed. I had the ability to be able to leap and like, yeah, financially, like I was making good money, but I also was in a place where I didn't have that much at the end of it all. 
but I knew myself, my ability to get out of it if I needed to. And I knew my support system was good. I knew I had ways to be able to support myself through it all. But for everyone, you know, that's going to be tough. When you have obligations, you have people you have to support, even just supporting yourself and student loans and all that is a lot. But there's ways to listen. You know, that was just my path. I needed to jump. I needed to leap because I would never have made the changes if I hadn't done that. I wasn't going to do a single thing that I did while I was still working in that situation. I would have just kept in that tunnel. It would have just been tunnel vision. But I think, yeah, the most important thing is to listen and then start to build into it. If you are a person where your situation is like, you cool, I just need to start and commit like a little thing to whatever this is that's coming through. Great. Do that. If you can just jump ship and go and you're ready for that and you know you're going to do it, cool. Let's freaking do that. Mm -hmm. I'm full (laughs) support of that. But like, no, yeah, there will be repercussions. You have to risk it. And that is the word. It is a risk. But damn well worth it. So in that, you briefly touched on support. And I just wanted to dig in on that for a second. At that time, what was your support system like that did you did you feel like you were supported and how did that impact kind of the the path that you jumped onto then yeah i mean right the one thing about asian culture is you're always supported asian families like parents will look out for the kids and i wasn't in a situation where i was gonna be asking for money but like i knew i had some wiggle room to be able to stay at home for the time being if needed i knew i had some wiggle room and just knowing i had something to fall onto if all else didn't work. So it was a blessing in all honesty. Like it was a blessing and really allowed me to have the space I needed for myself to be able to just dig in. Not everyone's going to have that. And I, I am fully, you know, grateful for them for that. Mm-hmm. No, it definitely makes sense. I hear that. Yeah. We can't all just become Asian. So. <laughs> <laughs> hey, meditate. It's done. <laughs> Um, awesome, man. It's been so good. I want to focus on what you're doing right now. So you've had this, this crazy journey. You've followed your path. You've been open. You've listened. You've made these changes. What does that look like in your life now? So you're coaching a lot of what I like to talk about on here and want people to really get comfortable with is embracing their gifts and why that's kind of their road to freedom and success on a, you know, on a personal level. Mm-hmm. So how are you using those things that you found along the way in your current life and going forward? Yeah. I, you know, when I made that jump, my path came into spiritual, spiritual work before it came into coaching, to be honest. And I found myself doing energy work and I was like really skeptical about it too. I'm like, you know, like, I feel like I'm supposed to do this. I'm going to try and see what happens, you know, growing up with Eastern influence, like, okay, these things are more acceptable in the norm for me. And I was like, I I have a level of like knowing the stuff can work, but I came in skeptical and I started practicing energy work and I started doing this and, and I got more and more reasons to believe the things that I was experiencing on my end is exactly what my clients clients were experiencing on their end. And they had visions, they had saw colors, they felt better. And it all just started to grow. And my path in it all started to grow. 
Like I know I am a spiritual healer. That is my path. And I also do life coaching and it's the perfect gift combined. So for me, what I do is I do energy work. I am also a channel and I am an Akashic record reader. So what that means is for energy work, you know, the, the way I will explain this to people is as you go through your everyday life, as you go and you're stressed out and you get angry and you get annoyed, your body carries that energy. It's stored in your body. The same way people will say trauma is stored in the body or the same way you can say, you know, physical injuries, it's actually stored in the musculature. Yeah, there's physical stuff that happens, but there's this whole energetic aspect of your body. And being able to do energy work, it allows this stuff to clear, to block, to open up. And as your body does that, it's healing and releasing. Um, I also channel so I can connect to my guides and they speak through me. And that's been a whole process of me getting comfortable with and becoming open to and really developing the skills. And an Akashic record reading is uh, similar to that, just kind of. So just another level up. It's a little bit deeper and a little bit more particular in how it happens. But yeah, that's me in a nutshell. And I use it all to help people to get over their shit, to help people to release everything that's holding them back and to really see, you know, what it is they are supposed to be doing, what they're capable of doing to be able to have power within themselves and their confidence. And it's all one magical little beautiful package. I love it, man. So, so good. I think that, energy work is really one of those things that is really overlooked and as a you know a western society something that we just don't take into consideration and you know it's becoming it's coming uh we're we're looking at that more now which is which is great and thanks to people like you who are here in the states and and doing that work (laughs) But it's just interesting because you see all these things that we really suffer with over here, stress and anxiety and depression. And this is a multifaceted issue, right? Like those things are so, so deep, but really we are energy like yeah, that exactly. at, at the crux of it. So not addressing that part of the equation is a huge opportunity for somebody like you. It definitely makes sense why that's so beneficial for helping people, for helping your clients. And just so everybody else knows here, I'm going to, I'm going to throw out my experience with Neil. (laughs) Um, This is something that is, is still very new to me. Like I'm still trying to understand it. He had asked me to, you know, if I was interested in doing this and I was like, you know what? Sure. I'm at, I'm at a time in my life where I'm really just trying to break shit open. I'm trying to take things to the next level. I'm open to whatever. I have an open mind. I'm ready to just experience anything, right? Like if it's not going to fuck me up or like, (laughs) you know, kill me, um, why not? And so I went into it. Definitely something I've been skeptical about in the past. And I have, you know, I've got an engineering brain. I'm analytical. I was raised and did well living a black and white life. So you start Here talking, comes Neil. You, yeah, you start talking energy and spirit realm and like all these things. And I'm just like, what the hell, man? So anyways, I agreed to do this. And while we had multiple really productive and engaging sessions, I will say, one of them stuck out to me. It was just so powerful. And I want to, I want to put this out there. I, so I'm in Chicago 
doing this and Neil's <laughs> in California, right? San Francisco area. So he's like, yeah, we're gonna do this energy work. And I'm just thinking to myself, I'm like, how the hell are we doing energy work across the country? Like I said, I'm just going to put my experience out there. You know, you take from it what you want. You believe what you want. We're all entitled to that. But I think that first and foremost, we need to share experiences. And because that's what matters. Our experience is the truth. So I'm laying in my upstairs, like I've got some ambient, just like super chill music. And I'm just laying there. And, and Neil's like, yeah, man, just like you just you just hang out and set an intention. And so we did that going into it. And I had the most intense visual and emotional experience. Yours was wild, man. <laughs> of my life. Uh, to the point where I, like afterwards, I was, I was tired. I was physically tired. Neil and I did like a debrief afterwards and we just kind of talked it over. And I was like, I was like trying to come out of it. Cause it was just so like, <laughs> it was so intense and so unexpected. Like I said, I went into it with zero expectations. I, you know, there, there's no placebo effect because I didn't have any expectations of what was going to be happening. I literally was like, okay, well at best I get to lay here for half an hour and take a nap. Like it's, <laughs> you know, it's, it's a win-win. It just, it, it caused a major shift. It brought things to the surface that had, I've felt kind of bubbling up. And, and knew they were there for a while uh, doing therapy and things like that. So things I'm, I've already been working on, but this just kind of like, it just like pulled this stuff to the surface. And so, yeah, so I just, like I said, I had to share my experience because if you're doubting and you are skeptical, I get it. I've been there too, but I just wanted to throw this out there. And this podcast is truly about being genuine and authentic and not trying to be anything or subscribe to any one way of thinking or anything like that. So I just want to put that out there for people. In hindsight, again, thank you, Neil. It was a, it was a really, man, just a, a crazy experience for me. Yeah, brother. Thank you. And thank you for the words. I really appreciate that. I mean, it was a blessing to be able to work with you on top of it all. Um, just hearing you share your experience, man, it was, it's, it's amazing to hear. You know, just for the sake of energy work, I'm going to share with the crowd a little bit. Now that experience was, it was, it was a lot to be honest. It was a lot. And there was a lot moving through you coming up to release. And sometimes it takes a lot out of you just because it's energy flowing. And so it takes energy for that to happen. But the biggest thing I can say of really what happens with the release during energy work is you need to feel in order to heal. It needs to come out in order to come out. Right. So sometimes things come to the surface and you feel it. And usually when they last a few minutes, sometimes it lasts a whole session, you know, session, maybe like Ben's was a lot, but sometimes it's really passive too. Sometimes it's really pleasant and you don't experience any of that. You know, you just feel energy and warmth and that's emotion. That's energy coming up from inside your body as it releases. And that's, that's, that's the beauty of it. And a lot of times it's energizing. A lot of times it's relaxing. Yours was a little bit of everything. And it was, it was good. I mean, when I do this for myself too, right? I, this is how I knew I was willing to try this with other people. It's like, it felt good for me and I had to be open to it and I had to be willing to try. And what I tell people is that you can think it's placebo if you want, that's cool. 
because ultimately you want the outcome. So if it's working for whatever totally. reason, screw it. It's working. Cool. Go with it. Exactly. It, it literally doesn't matter. And that's, that's the awesome part is I think people get so hung up. You know, we could go into some crazy yeah. discussion here about religion and spirituality in general, things like that. But really at the end of the day, instead of being so concerned about believing something and, and being so strongly rooted in that, just experience and whatever, like I said at the beginning of this, your experience is the truth. That's yep. the only thing that matters. It doesn't matter what people are telling you. It doesn't matter what you believe. It doesn't matter if I believe that this shit was like real or fake or whatever when we went into it because I had a shift and that's all that matters and that's all that matters. So I just think that's a really cool takeaway from this. And that's why I wanted to share my perspective of it because it really doesn't matter. Like you said, you're shooting for the outcome and whatever does it fine. Judgment is a huge part of that, both on, you know, from other people being fearful of that, but also being judgmental of yourself. I encounter that with myself, like I said, 10 years ago, I was very black and white. I had denounced religion at that point. I had grown up Catholic and, you know, my own set of experiences will probably be a podcast here at some point, a solo episode. I had no need for faith or spirituality or anything like that anymore. And everything was about the concrete material world. That's what mattered. Yeah. And if I hadn't had an open mind over the past 10 years, things would be so, so different for me. I forget kind of where I started that, but I just think it's, oh, judgment, judgment. That's what it was. I found myself along the process knowing that I would have judged myself for believing that or thinking that or being open to it. So it's letting go of your self-judgment as well as the fear of judgment of what other people will think. Right. And that's a lot about what we talked about at the very beginning of it all. It's just conditioning. Like you're taught to think and feel certain ways. And a lot of that isn't actually you. And so if you can open yourself up to trying something, you have no idea how your world's going to change. And it can be as simple as, yeah, cool. I'll try energy work. Yeah, cool. I'll try massage for the first time. Yeah, cool. I'll try going to the gym. I'll try a piece of fruit, <laughs> you know, whatever yeah. it is. <laughs> it's just being open to trying and you never know how small or how freaking life-changing that experience will be. Don't deny yourself of it because it's amazing. Dude, you, you went full circle on that so beautifully. I'm going to kind of throw a cherry on top of that. And then I've got one more thing I want to throw at you before we wrap up here. The other day, this came, I think I was in the sauna and this like came into my head. The sauna, by the way, is like where I have so many, dude, so many things come to me. It's just like, yeah, just like open up to the creative and it's beautiful. I had a phrase come to mind. Oh, cause you know, I've been reflecting a lot on the, this coronavirus shit and just like in general, just people and fear and all the, all these things. And then kind of like the back and forth, we're back in political season. But the, the phrase that came to mind that kind of just like dropped into me was open mind, open heart. And I wrote that on my whiteboard yesterday because that's something that I want to take into every day, 
every situation, every experience, and just the rest of my life with me. Because I truly believe that if we could all feel that and live it, open mind, open heart, just think of how different things would be. I love that, brother. And it's so synchronistic too. <laughs> I'm going to share with you. I guess this will be a little drop is, um, you know, for my pod that I'm starting with one of my buddies. Yes. We came up with a phrase that's really similar to that. It's eyes up, hearts open. Mm. That's yeah. And that, I mean, that's the beauty of it. It's, it's really allowing yourself to be open and coming from a place of heart and love. And that will change your life. Love that, brother. Oh, love it. Love so it. Love true. It. <laughs> On the same page. What a surprise, right? No. Right? <laughs> Just like everything else you and I do. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> love it, dude. All right. To finish up here, I've kind of got like a little segment of three questions. Ooh. Before we go into this, I think that we're all visionaries in our own way. I kind of like to throw that word in here right at the end and not talk about it because I think it can be a really daunting word almost yeah. uh really big really expansive and i think for a lot of people that could feel kind of scary overwhelming. Yeah, yeah overwhelming exactly but i truly believe that we're all visionaries so i called this last section the visionary hat trick Ooh, i love it yeah <laughs> I had to bring had to bring my hockey into this. I, as soon as I thought about that, I was like, "Oh, dude, I love that." So, yeah, I do too. That's I had, yeah, I love it. So, three things, just kind of like quick hitters. If nothing comes to mind right away, don't worry about it. There's no pressure to answer these. I just think it's yeah, this is fun. Kind of a cool way to uh, wrap things up here. The first one is share one belief that you have that sounds wild, or that you worry about being judged for. My spirituality. In all honesty, I mean, this was the toughest part about opening into all this is just because how it's perceived by the world. And, you know, that's the, but honestly, that's the lesson we all work through is being able to listen to ourselves, have faith in it and find confidence and power in, in that, you know, and that's just love of self. And what I found for myself is as I love myself more, as I strengthen my own confidence and my own beliefs in myself, stuff like that translates. Mm, loving yourself more. Gotta love that. Uh, but that's it's true yeah that's the compass right all right number two is when not if when you realize your big vision what does that look like what impact does that have on the world my vision people will heal yeah that's that's a simple thing for me is people will finally be able to heal to let go to release to find, take themselves back into heart, into love, and be able to live the life that they're meant to without being held back by anything. That's it. Over and over and over and over for the until we can get to the whole freaking world. Imagine how great life would be for everyone and how great the world would be if that were the case. So good, man. Totally with you there. You know that. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we do, man. That is what we do. That's it. All right, cool. So third one kind of, we're, we're kind of like zooming out as we go here through these final question is what is your hope for humanity? You may have just kind of answered it there within your last question, but kind of wrap anything up there on that. What is your hope for humanity? Yeah, man. 
I mean, larger, just to be able to be in a place of heart, to be in a place of love, to be able to check coming from a guy who used to be really in his head (laughs) to be out of their head and in their heart. You know, you do that life opens up. You do that life becomes pleasant. Life becomes nice and enjoyable. People are happy. The world changes. That's it. Same answer three times. (laughs) Yep. Yep. And I second that man as I was totally somebody who lived in my head and all it got me was stress, anxiety, health issues, all sorts of shit. And, uh, yeah, a bunch of, you know, I still looked successful and happy on the outside. I've always been kind of that happy, just like jovial guy, but inside it doesn't always feel that way. And as I've learned to drop into my heart over the years and I still continue learning because my as you know, I'm sure, like we default back to our original patterns here and there, Mm -hmm. depending on our environment and triggers and all, you know, all all sorts of things like that. So just another, another vote for dropping out of your head into your heart, the more you can is, is the medicine. (laughs) Yeah, that's the medicine. Tough in the beginning, but it's freaking nice once you get used to it. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Not not an easy transition, but that's, yeah. hopefully this podcast for many is uh, kind of like the gateway drug to that. It will be well worth it. If they hear you enough, I'm sure everyone will start to, brother. So awesome, man. Well, thank you so much. Before we jump off here, tell everybody where they can find you and if they want to experience your awesome work, how do they do that? Just kind of give us those things and quick little package here and whatever you give me, I'll be throwing down in the comments, the show notes below. Yeah, man. Easy to find. Um, on an eye jizzle on Instagram <laughs> yeah. at Neil, N E I L dizzy D I S Y N E I L D I S Y. Find me. I'm always dropping videos, content stories, send me a message and we'll just talk and be friends. Simple as that. And if you think it turns into more of that, we vibe. Cool. We'll figure it out, but that's it. Let's just talk. Awesome, man. Well, thanks so much for coming on. I truly appreciate you and your time and your energy. Thanks so much. And uh, I'm excited to, maybe we'll have to, we'll do an episode down the road because there's just going to be so much more to talk about. Oh, let's do it. We'll pick out everything and take it back to heart every time. Hey, yo. Thanks so much for listening. I truly hope you enjoyed today's episode. Just a reminder that all the relevant links can be found in the show notes below as well as that of our free Facebook community, where all the cool kids are at, just being ourselves, sharing our gifts, and supporting the hell out of one another. So come on in, introduce yourself, and join the party. See you in there.